Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, October the 4th in 2021 on When I Rise. Today we begin year B, proper week 23, which is the 20th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Monday of the week, we like to take a look at the Old Testament passage for the week. We are back in the book of Job and we're a a whole lot later than we were last week. So Job chapter 23, verses 1 through 9 and then verses 16 and 17. So let me read that passage. We've got a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Job chapter 23, verses 1 through 9 and 16 through 17. Then Job replied, Even today my complaint is bitter, his hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. If only I knew where to find him, if only I could go to his dwelling. I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say to me. Would he vigorously oppose me? No, he would not press charges against me. There the upright can establish their innocence before him, and there I would be delivered from, forever from my judge. But if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. God has made my heart faint. The Lord Almighty has terrified me. Yet I'm not silenced by the darkness, by the thick darkness that covers my face. This is the word of God for us. If you're familiar with the Midsummer Night's Dream, the book of Job is kind of like that, right? So there's like something that's happening in the middle of the book, which is this interrogation with seven of Job's friends and Job. And so Job is saying that he should be exonerated from all of his suffering because according to him and his understanding, his ways of knowing God and this logic itself, he doesn't feel like he deserved all this punishment and all this pain. But his friends won't allow him to think that way. They think The reason that he is going through suffering is because he is guilty before God. That's the only reason. There's no other reason. In their mind, uh, there seems to be a a determinism in the earth. And so those who suffer seem to have slighted God. And those who are blessed are those who've been dedicated to God. And so here's Job. He's trying to, until he's blue in the face, as we say, tell his friends, there's really no charge that God could bring against me. Right? But then we also know that something like another plot is happening above them or further than them, if we maybe the direction would be better. Because we've already seen there's this interrogation in the throne room of God uh, between God and Hasatan, the accuser that um, is going before God looking to accuse somebody on the earth. And that um, conversation and that argument has caused all these issues to happen with Job. And what we talked about last week was that Job, according to the first you know, a couple chapters, God declares Job innocent, or at least he's righteous, and he's he's got integrity. There's like a wholeness to who he is. And so here's Job. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but don't you feel for this guy? I mean, I know at the end, and if you're familiar at the end, you know that uh, he gets straightened out by God uh, when God encounters him. But God also mocks his friends, uh, declares that the sum total of all they said to Job was foolishness, and uh, they are corrected. And so we have, we have a soft spot, hopefully, for Job. Job has done his best. Uh, he's looked out for others. The bottom of his life has fallen out. And he, he wants to find God. He wants to reason with God, in, which is 
um, you know, a way in which these communities would figure out a judgment. They would sit down and reason together. And Job is looking for God. He can't find him. He's like, I've gone north, south, and east, and west. And every time I feel like I'm on his trail, God's nowhere to be found. If I could find him, I could fill my mouth with arguments. And surely he would answer me and he would consider what I say, to, uh, what he would say to me. He, uh, would he vigor, uh, vigorously oppose me, Job says in verse 6. No, he would not press charges against me. So even here, Job, he's saying, if I could have a, a court date with God, I think that we could settle this. And I think that I would, I'd be on the, the right side of this dispute that I have with God. So what's going on here? There doesn't seem to be an up or a down with the book of Job. Because on the one hand, like Job is suffering, but he doesn't seem to deserve it. His friends claim that he does, but Job says he's pretty innocent. But then like, there's another topic of conversation totally happening between uh, God and the heavenlies. And so what can we say here? It seems like what Job is trying to do over its pages, like it's limping something out. That there are really destructive forms of religion uh, that get in the way from someone really encountering the face of God and imploring and encouraging their friends in their community. So, and that is like often personified in the voice of Job's friends. They are so quite dogmatic about what they can conclude about the world, about evil and justice. And so in their mind, the math is quite simple. You are suffering because you've done wrong. But Job's like, no, I think there's, there's more to it than that. Um, you know, he, he says early on, his, his, his confessions, like he feels like it's brutally honest and it seems to be in accord with what his friends might suggest that uh, God gives and God takes away. So if God takes it all away, um, that's on God's prerogative. But where Job feels like the line is crossed is that he has done something to provoke this vanishing of all of his goods, right? And so I just think this is important for us as we read through the book of Job, not to rush to conclusions because it's just not easy. I mean, I think the moment that we got it cornered and got it pinned down, there's an escape and a reversal. And the next thing you know, we're on our back instead of having our opponent or the, the content on its back, right? They will never submit to us. It's never that easy. And I just think it's important for us occasionally. I'm not talking every year. I'm talking every now and again in our Bible reading plans to go through the book of Job and allow it to speak to us. Uh, I love the way an old preacher told me, he said, sometimes we write in our Bibles, sometimes our Bibles write within us. And I think it's because we jump to conclusions about how the world works, the mechanisms and the gears, and how God arranges this and that, and who's in and who's out. And the next thing we know, like, I feel like when we have it all like tamped down, something happens and something moves, or we experience something differently, and or somebody wise uh, conveys a different like minority report to us, and it causes us to like crumble up that piece of paper, you know, take out the tax, crumble up a piece of paper, throw it over our shoulders, and get a blank piece of paper again. At least I hope that's what we're that we're drawn to do. Um, the moment that we're drawn to say that we've all got it figured out is the moment that we choose not to worship any longer. Because if something doesn't uh, cause us to wonder and not have a conclusion to go uh, away with, uh, if, if something um, prevents or something uh, convinces us that we can go away without any more questions, uh, we we stop worshiping. Uh, we don't. We're no longer in something's debt. Uh, something is in our debt. And so I think what the book of Job tells us is to, hey, have empathy for Job and listen closely to his friends because some of the things that they're saying, maybe we're saying. And perhaps we need to renegotiate those conclusions because um, what we'll find at the end of the book, it's not that easy. And the moment that we think we've got it all figured out, 
is the moment that we got to think again. So I want to pray a bold prayer for us at the beginning of the week. You didn't want to have to have this, right? Like we, we've got plenty ahead of us. We have appointments. We have things that we need to do. The last thing we want to do is to like take the big questions down from the shelf and look through them again. But I'm going to pray that we'd be open-minded this week and that God reveal himself to us and uh, that we'd be worshipers in our, in our progress towards greater depths of truth. And that's the true way of faithfulness before our God. So let's spend some time praying along that theme this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that with you there is great mystery and there's great love. And I thank you that we'll never get to the depths, we'll never get to the bottom, we'll never have it all figured out. Part of that's scary, if I can confess God, maybe others would confess that's scary too, because we would like to know that we're going to know the right thing at the right time. But I thank you that uh, you cost a relationship. Sometimes relationships are messy and they're fuzzy. And what's required is not knowing everything, but trusting always. And so I thank you that we can trust you, that you've been the trustworthy God. I thank you that your word says that when we are faithless and lack trust, that you are faithful. You're the one whom we can trust. And so God, today, I know me and mama friends uh, dialing in here together, I we need to trust you today. There are things way bigger than us, and we are tempted to figure out the easiest, quickest answer so that we can try to move on, even if it's not perfect, we just want to move on. But I thank you that the life of faith causes us to embrace and to trust and to be patient, to have endurance, and to keep at it all the way to the end. And so God, I pray for any of my friends who wake up discouraged today um, at a loss of words or at a loss of knowing what to do. I pray that... Uh, you don't have to reveal all to us, God. We know that that can be left to you and your plan. But I do pray and I do ask that you reveal the next step, the next right thing that we got to do so that we can embrace you today and enjoy the bliss of knowing our God and the thrill of being your people. So God, we ask for your help today. We kneel before you and we yield our lives to you once again. Say, God, fill me, help me in this hour. Ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.